Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alongside Tanner Hendrickson and Grant Francis, I'm Brandon Kylie. Welcome back to BK in Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Alex is out today, a little under the weather, hoping to be back in tomorrow. Coming up in just a little while, we'll talk to Craig Berube. He joins us at 1.15, so be sure to tell your friends. Former Blues head coach, Stanley Cup champion, the chief himself, Craig Berube, joins us coming up at 1.15. But right now, we're happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by our friend, Cardinals insider for The Athletic and 101 ESPN. She's Katie Wu joining us here on the show katie we appreciate the time as always hope you've been enjoying your off season how you doing today i'm good guys thanks for having me on i guess bk and tanner today what a time it's it is a great time to be alive sometimes t-bone gets into the adult chair and uh we're always excited when he does let's go tanner (laughs) i love this great All right, Katie, you had a report over the weekend that the Cardinals are, quote, believed to have met with at least two pitchers at Bush Stadium this week, including Yuki Matsui, the NPB star reliever. Can you add any context for us into that report? What what else are you hearing about the Cardinals and their quest for relievers? At this time, I can't. It's more what we've been hearing for the last three weeks or so with the Cardinals getting Sonny Gray and then trading Tyler O'Neill. Bullpen priority remains the focus. It does not mean that they are closing the door on on potential starting pitching opportunities. What it does mean is that they're looking at their priority list and what they need to focus on right now. And John Mozeliak has identified that as the bullpen, specifically something high leverage. Um, We've heard him talk about this before. They have Ryan Housley, Giovanni Gallegos. They're very confident in a bounce back season in and a high ceiling guy in Jojo Romero. But when you're looking at the overall bulk of the, of the bullpen, probably not enough to really sway fans to be excited or optimistic about the back end of that bullpen. So the Cardinals priority going into the new year is trying to find one more high leverage guy to solidify that bullpen. Uh, you know, they did meet with Yuki Matsui, as reported by multiple people, and uh, that seems like someone that could fit that mold. They've also checked in on Jordan Hicks. Um, they also attempted to bring back Chris Stratton. Stratton, of course, signed with the Kansas City Royals, was persuaded a little bit by his teammate Will Smith with the Rangers to do that. So they have been active in the free agent relief pitching market, just not nothing yet to show for it. Kid, you mentioned they're looking for a high leverage arm. Are they still looking for a swing arm? I know that was something that Mo had mentioned earlier in the offseason. You know, I haven't heard too much of that yet. Um, again, never say never. I think right now when you're looking at the makeup of the relief pitching, a high leverage guy and then also a veteran guy like Chris Stratton, I had a conversation with Mo about this at the winter meetings, would be their two priorities because that bullpen is young. And that's not to say that young guys uh, that can't go out and perform. Uh, we've seen it before with the 2022 team. But it doesn't hurt to have that kind of veteran mold. It's kind of what they did with the rotation to bring back into the bullpen. So not quite sure if a swingman is necessarily on their radar. Of course, they won't rule it out. But for me, it seems like the priority for this Cardinals front office going forward 
or the, the next week or two, it is to shore up some bullpen depth and get a high leverage guy that can really tie in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Katie, I don't think we've spoken uh, on the air since the winter meetings, but I, I found Ollie's comments specifically pertaining to second base to be really interesting. He talked about all of the other spots in the lineup, and he basically said, hey, here's your lineup, and then he got to second base. He's like, mm, we're still kind of working through that, depending on what happens the rest of the offseason. What did you make of his comments and Mo's comments about what, what their current plan is at second base? I think that if the Cardinals roll in to Jupiter with the same position playing roster they have right now, it would be an open competition for Brendan Donovan and Nolan Gorman at second base. Now, okay, a lot of things can change, right? We're only in the middle of December. There's still two months before pitchers and catchers report. Um, I did think it was kind of interesting putting all these comments from the winter meetings and then most comments yesterday on KMOX about different guys being solidified. Obviously, you have Nolan Arnato, Paul Goldschmidt. Wilson Contreras in spots, but there's a lot of fluidity in what the middle infield could look like. And I know the Cardinals traded Tyler O'Neill to alleviate some of that positional logjam, but guys, they still have a positional logjam. So for me, it was interesting to see, could the Cardinals potentially swing a trade? I think Moe's been pretty honest. They're not shutting the door on any opportunity there. Whether or not a Nolan Gorman or a Brendan Donovan could be in the mix remains to be seen. But if this team goes out and this is, again, the same position playing roster they have come spring, I would expect it to be a very healthy competition going forward at second base. Katie, is there anything on the outside from the St. Louis Cardinals to where, like, if the Cubs become big spenders here in the offseason like they're expected to, it changes from sitting back and saying, let's wait and see if a trade develops or what the market looks like, and they say we have to go out and get someone else to help this rotation? That's a good question, and I think that's something that the Cardinals are weighing as well. I mean, Again, we still have two months to go in the offseason, but the NL Central hasn't exactly wowed anybody uh, with their moves, with the exception of the Cardinals. I do think that Sonny Gray was a great signing for them. Mm -hmm. But is the NL Central a competitive division? No. Um, at this point, I think you can argue that the AL Central is actually more competitive than the NL Central. So I don't want to say that the Cardinals are going to be reactive, but this is an organization that prides itself on its consistency and stability, 2023 season obviously aside. And they aren't going to swing a mega trade and blow up a positional core they believe in just for the sake of doing so. Um, I think it would have to depend on what, you know, maybe what the Reds are doing. I think they're maybe a one or two starting pitchers away from being a legitimate playoff contender. The Cubs, of course, are they're going to spend. Um, and it just kind of depends on what the rest of the division is doing. Uh, again, the Cardinals aren't done. And they aren't going to shut the door on starting pitching. Just because it's not their focus right now doesn't mean it could be, you know, maybe in January or early February. But the risk of waiting, as we all know, guys, and it's part of the reason why they didn't wait for Sonny Gray, is that the more you wait, the heavier you have to pay because you get a little bit more desperate and teams capitalize on that. That's just the nature of the game. So I, I am encouraged by what the Cardinals have done early on. Do I think it's enough for them to be a legitimate postseason threat? Probably not. But do I think it's enough for them to contend for the division as is? Yes. Now, as fans, fans totally have the right to be like, that's not what we want. We want to contend for an actual postseason, not just for the division. And I think that's very fair. And I think that's what the Cardinals front office is weighing next. You know, do they want to take these bold steps to get to that next level of competition? Or do they want to stay status quo and contend for the division and hope that these moves work out? 
Katie has a great piece, by the way. She mentioned the, the, the process that led to signing Sonny Gray. She has a great piece with John Mosaloc explaining step-by-step how they got to that place. And I'm not going to lie to you, it did make me a little bit nervous of what would have happened if they had been a little bit too late in that regard. But neither here nor there. They got him signed. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Katie Wu is our guest here on 101 ESP, and you can find her work over at The Athletic. And be sure you're following her on Twitter as well, at Katie J. Wu. If you're following her, that is where you could have seen that she reported the Cardinals had two pitchers in St. Louis last week. Katie, I'm going to take have you take your reporter hat off for just a moment, if you don't mind, and put let's on your it. let's analyze what could happen the rest of the offseason. There have been reports. Dylan Cease is out there. There was a report last week, I believe from your colleague Ken Rosenthal over at The Athletic, that the Royals were at least in conversations with the Marlins about potentially trading Vinny Pascantino for Jesus Luzardo. There is now a report that, hey, Framber Valdez might be out there available in the trade market. We'll see what ends up happening with the Astros and their money situation. If you're the Cardinals and any of those guys becomes available, if I put you in John Mosellock's shoes, understanding that we'd be over budget and probably losing a lot as we would if any of us were in that job, would you be looking to acquire one of those three pitchers? That's a great question. Um, If I was running the St. Louis Cardinals one, I think that they would have probably won like five games last year. Sure, me too. I think if I'm looking to improve via trade, the starting rotation, I'm looking at the Miami Marlins um, because this is an organization that there's a lot of overlap, obviously, with Skip Schumacher as the manager. There's a lot of familiarity between the two organizations. And that strong pitching core in Miami, I think, really exemplifies what the Cardinals should be targeting if they want to build a rotation with longevity. I mean, if you look at the rotation for 2025, and that's getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, and they're kind of almost in the same place if they don't pick up the options for Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn. Someone like a Jesus Lozardo is someone I would target. Now, Miami fans would probably hate that. He's a local guy. He's really come into his own uh, in the last year or so there. But he has that high upside, young age, lots of control kind of pitcher that I would necessarily be targeting if I'm looking to extend the rotation in a way that was cost conservative. Um, I like Framber Valdez. Uh, obviously, he's a guy that can go out there and shove and immediately makes the rotation better. I think what the Astros are doing there is a little bit uh, confusing. There's just a lot of teams, actually, that are very confused over what the money is going to look like because of their regional sports networks. But personally, if I was going to improve the rotation via trade, I would make sure that there were some untouchables. Obviously, Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn fit that mold. Um, and I personally would hate to see a guy like Nolan Gorman and those 30-plus home runs from the left side go. Um, I don't want to say he would be untouchable, but it would have to be a very big, very big name for, for me to consider moving him. But I think I would target more of the Miami Marlins side than anything else just because of their high upside and, and ample years of team control. Katie, one report, I think it was last week, was Blake Snell couldn't end up getting like a three-year deal, not get the – term but higher AAV could you see the Cardinals potentially exploring that or the idea of bringing in another pitcher via free agency but maybe having to move money out I can't just because um, they're so close to their targeted payroll their self-induced payroll of 200 million which would that be a franchise record in opening day payroll yes would it probably be enough to alleviate most of fans concerns no both things can be true um they haven't been linked to Snell at all, and that dates back to even before the 2023 season ended, so I'm not quite sure if, if that name in particular fits this. And I also just can't see them spending in free agency for a starting pitcher when they still have to do that most likely for a reliever. Now, if they can go out and find a reliever that's effective and doesn't overblow the payroll, maybe that's something they consider, but 
I just think that would be out of their realm of, of again, self-induced spending. And I think they would be more likely to find an upgrade via trade. Also, when you're looking at the starting pitching market from a free agent perspective, there's just not a lot of guys that I think, minus the top ones that we all know of, that would really make or break this rotation. I think if the Cardinals really want to boost their rotation, if that's something they decide to do, the best way to do it would be through trade. She's Katie Wu, and you can find her work over at The Athletic. It is excellent. It is well worth your time. It's worth the price of admission. By the way, she is a part of the Baseball Writers of America dinner, which will take place on January 14th at Max in St. Louis, excuse me, at the Missouri Athletic Club, uh, the MAC. If you want more information on that, 101ESPN.com is the place where you can go to find some of that, and Katie's been tweeting about that as well over on Twitter. If you just want to go over there, you can find it, so be sure uh, to get your tickets now to uh, the Baseball Writers of America dinner coming up on January 14th. You've got a chance to win those over at 101ESPN.com. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today. Uh, happy holidays to you and the family. We'll talk with you again soon. You got it, guys. Have a great one, and we'll talk soon.